Welcome, Mama. You've got your hands full, I know. As a mama for myself, I can relate to the exhausting days of motherhood with wiping messy faces, correcting attitudes, and picking up those countless piles of laundry. But I have found that if we search deeply and open our hearts, we can experience motherhood in a whole new light. By applying biblical principles, we can have joy, we can have peace, and we can have purpose in motherhood. Join me weekly for a little spiritual water for your weary soul. Hi, welcome to the Purpose of Motherhood podcast. I'm Ashley, and I am thrilled that you are listening today. You are joining me for an episode on one of the most important and meaningful roles in motherhood. We're going to talk about that for the next few weeks, the three most important roles in motherhood, and today we're talking about defining love for our children. Before we jump in, I want to share something fun about me as I do every week. I am a um, Enneagram 7. If you guys are into personality tests, I'm an Enneagram 7, an ENFP on the Myers-Briggs, and a second child if you are into the um, the child, what do you call it? The, uh, you know, uh, I can't think of what the word is, but firstborn, secondborn, thirdborn, I'm a secondborn child. So, um, that means I am like the, I mean, stereo, the stereotypical fun loving will choose fun over responsibility every single time. Kind of the, um, easygoing one of the bunch, at least I was in my family, but this means I have a very hard time being on time. <laughs> I am always late wherever I go, no matter how hard I try. I'm not good with time management. Um, and I will always choose the fun things over things that really need taken care of. So when that comes to my house, I mean, I'm pretty good about keeping it, you know, from being a disaster. But if you ask me, would I rather go to the beach today or do laundry? I'm going to pick the beach. So <laughs> things like that get pushed to the side. And then, you know, that's how I end up with seven loads of laundry to do one day. So there you go. So if you are a Enneagram 7 or even just a fun-loving person that pushes aside responsibility, we can relate on that. We can connect. Okay, so today we're going to talk about defining love. And here's why we're going to talk about this and why this is so important. So just to give you an overview too, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about, uh, tonight we're talking about defining love. Next week, we're going to talk about um, teaching or equipping our children. And then the week after that, we're going to talk about releasing them to Jesus. And that's kind of the overview of what we do as moms. We define love for them. We equip them with the armor and equip them in the word, and then we're releasing them more and more every day into Jesus, to relying more on Jesus. Of course, there's so many other things we do, but I feel like these three things boil down to the main call that we have as mothers. When you're kind of looking at the bird's eye view of all of these years of changing diapers and giving our children snacks and all of the things that they need are those little tasks that drain us so much during the day, but that add up to something big. So here's why defining love is important because our portrayal of love towards our children creates our children's perception of God. I'll say that again. So our portrayal of love creates our children's perception of God. Here's a good tangible example of that. 
my three-year-old, who I always talk about, she's the one that's like the strong-willed and um, the one that we have to spend the most time probably instructing and talking to and explaining things and, you know, taking time to really train her heart and guide her heart in the right way. Well, she has learned that kind of the pattern of how discipline goes. Now, I am not perfect. Let me please put this out there for you so that you are not beating yourself up saying, oh my gosh, if I could just do it like her every time. I am not perfect. There are plenty of times that I lose my temper and I do not do it in this fashion, okay? (laughs) Because I am human and I do not like, um, you know, kids that disobey. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. It's not that I don't like kids that disobey. But, you know, after a while, when you tell them, 15 times to go, you know, to go potty and they still haven't gone potty and you're trying to get out the door. I mean, you know, our human, our flesh comes out, right? And we're like, can you please just go potty and stop arguing with me? So, um, anyways, but on a good day, right, where my flesh is a little more subdued, I, we kind of have this pattern of the way that we instruct and it's, okay, we, we talk, there's a discipline given, there's action, right? There's consequence given. Um, and then we bring it back to Jesus, what God's heart is for that. And then we end it with, you know, like apologies. I love you, that kind of stuff. So what I've noticed with Adelie is that she has learned that at the end of it, there's always that moment where she realizes that my love has not changed for her. And so, and the way that I've done that is just by modeling it for her and talking about, what God sees when he looks at her and how his love never changes for her. Even if she is, even if she's walking outside of his will, you know, even if she is rebellious, even if she is completely ignoring his love doesn't change. Now that may change. That's going to change the way that he's able to respond to her and his blessing in his life. But his love is always, he has an unending love for her. And so that's what I say to her about myself too. And she'll respond to it in such a, a, just a beautiful way as a child, whenever we're done at the end of the conversation. And I say, listen, I love you and I'm not mad at you. And my love did not change this entire time. I still love you no matter what, but I want the best for you. And her little heart just melts and she'll look at me and say, oh, you're the best mommy. I just love you. And then she really lays it on thick, right? And she even sometimes will say things like, you're not, you're not mad or you're not mean is what she says. You're not, you're not mean. And I'm like, Oh Lord, (laughs) is that because I'm mean other times? You know how we start thinking that as moms, like, Oh, I've failed (laughs) because there are sometimes when I'm like, why did you not go potty? I told you to go potty. Um, but she'll say to me like, you're not mean. And I'm like, no, I'm not mean. No, I'm not mad because listen, I, my love for you never changes. But I am going to instruct you and there are going to be consequences because I want you on the right path because I care about you. And that's how God feels too. So that's just a kind of tangible way to show your kids God's love. And that's a good example of that kind of that mirroring God's love. So here's a question that I want us to ask ourselves tonight. I want us to focus on how do your children view God's love? This is a really important question to ask ourselves because if we don't take the time to stop and ask, 
and really think about it, we can just kind of assume that they see God as a loving God just because of the stories that they've read or what they learn in church or what we've just said to them. You know, God is maybe the songs that we sing and all of that is good, but unless they experience his love, it will only just be stories. His love is not felt through the words on a page, but it's felt through experience. The Bible gives them references to apply to their knowledge of love, but just reading that God is love doesn't mean anything until it's personally experienced. Otherwise, if you think about this, um, you know, signs on the road, like when you're on a highway and there's these signs that say, you know, God is love. Like if it were true that we felt his love when we read it, then Every truck driver, every traveler <laughs> that ever drove on those roads would instantly be converted, right? We all would know God's love. But until it's personally experienced, that's what it's truly absorbed into their heart. So, um, you know, it's, it's taking it from head knowledge to heart knowledge. Think about this. If your children were to be asked, if you were to sit them down and say, describe God for me in three words. What do you think they would say? If you're like me, you probably would expect them to say or hope that they would say maybe faithful or trustworthy, powerful, loving, kind. And and all of that, that's a goal, right? But are, you know, would they just be giving us the Sunday school answer or would they be giving us what they really believe in their heart, what they feel? We want it to get from that head knowledge to that heart knowledge. How do we do that? How do we get it into their heart? That's probably one of our biggest fears at night too, as moms. When we, when we battle mommy guilt, uh, it's always at night when we're laying in bed, right? And we're thinking through that day. At the core of most all of our fears that we have, it's did they feel loved today? Did they feel our love? What? And it might not sound exactly like that. You might be thinking... Oh, did I play with them enough today? Did I stop and spend time with them? Did they, did I give them what they needed today? Was I too angry? Did I yell too much today? And that really boils down to, did they feel loved? That's what we want our kids to feel beyond everything else. We want them to know that they are deeply, deeply cared for. And why is that? That's because God put that in us so that we could be a reflection of him to our kids so that we could be an example of love so that that would open up the way for them, their personal relationship with him. And so how do our children experience his love? Let's look in the Bible and let's see what God has to say about this. This is in first John four, seven, and it says, beloved, Let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love and does not know God, um, I'm sorry, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this, is love not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. That's a lot of back and forth, isn't it? Like God is love, His love is in us. 
we, uh, we are in God and we have his love. I mean, it's just like that constant back and forth. Anyone who does not, um, love does not know God because God is love and the love of God was manifest among us. It's just this back and forth, us and God and his love. And that shows us that one of our greatest roles is really to be the intersection between God's love and our child's heart until they're able to create that relationship for themselves. Picture for a moment that you're standing there with your hand, with your right hand on God's heart and your left hand on your child's heart. That's the perfect picture of the plan God has for us as mothers to be the intersection between his heart and our child's heart so that his love can flow through us then into our child's heart until of course they become of the age where they experience that for themselves. And I call that the heart colliding moment, that moment when Jesus becomes truly real to our children, when it goes from head knowledge to heart knowledge. But until that point, especially when they're very young, that's our job to be the intersector, to be showing them his love. Well, how do we do that? We have to be receiving first. That's why our right hand has to be on his heart because we have to be receiving his love and letting him fill us so that we can show that to our kids. The Bible says that we love because he first loved us. He's the example for us. So we are incapable of loving like him unless we have received him and we're following his example. That's how we show it to our kids. And when we do that, then they're seeing the reflection of Jesus in us. So the way that we act towards our, our children will speak louder than what we say, right? We know that that actions speak louder than words, right? And that's easy to think of in terms of how we treat our children, but that doesn't just apply to that. How are we treating our neighbors? How are we treating our family members? How are we talking about them? How are we treating the homeless person on the side of the road? It's not just within our walls. Obviously, within our walls is very important how... Are, are we extending love to our children? Are we yelling at them? Are we condemning them, making them feel shame or pain or guilt? Are we treating our husbands badly or anyone else in our home? That's very, very important. But it's easier for us to love the people within our home, right, our children. Our children have our love from the minute that they are born. It's automatic. It's easy for us to love them. It's a lot harder for us to love maybe the neighbor that, um, you know, is grouchy and maybe yells at your kids. <laughs> it's a lot harder for us to love that person, right? But the way that we treat other people is speaking to our children. Those actions are speaking to our children. It's showing them what love is, not just love within our walls, but love outside of our walls. So how do we treat somebody that's in need? Are we giving are we generous? Are we giving them what they need? Are we holding back from them? Are we talking badly about them? Do you know, the Bible says that we will, that people will know that we are disciples of Christ just by the way we love one another. Think about that for a second. That if, let's say that people did not, they didn't know if you went to church or not. They had no idea what your personal life was like. They saw the way that you treated others. And just by that, they knew that you were a follower of Christ. That's pretty powerful, right? 
Like that's the only, if that was the only thing that they saw, like they would know that you loved Christ. That's an intense kind of love. That's not just, oh, let me give you a high five and a handshake and, you know, smile at you. That's a sacrificial love, really laying down uh, your life to serve others, to go out of your way, to be kind to people. That's a, a very bold kind of love, but that's what we're called to do. And in doing that, our children will see Christ in us outside of our walls. So it's both, it's, you know, it's not one without the other. It's both of them. It's showing love to our children and to our husbands, to our family, but also showing love to others too. We must speak the language of love as often as possible and as loud as possible because love is really the basis of our faith in Jesus. Love, the greatest of all these is love, right? Um, and if we don't give them that basis, well, it's like trying to build a house without the foundation. It's just not going to work. Love is the basis of our foundation with, with Jesus. We love because he first loved us. Here's a couple tangible ways that we, or practical ways that we show love to those around us. And these are, you know, not to brag, but just to inspire you. Because what I really want you to take away from this is a, um, well, to be inspired, to really create the own, you create your own language of love within your home. One thing that we started doing, which I was inspired by a friend of ours who does this, um, I was, we started creating blessing bags to keep in our car. And this is to give out to homeless people that we see on the side of the road. Um, because I typically do not have cash on me and my girls would notice them on the side of the road and say, well, what does that sign say? I'm sure this happens with you too, probably. And your kids will say, what does their sign say? And you'll say, oh, it says that they're homeless and they need food or that they need work. And, you know, then they'll say like, well, why don't we give them some money? And then, you know, it's to the, well, do I have cash on me? Um, my purse is down on the floor and, you know, I can't reach it right now. Or you're kind of like, I mean, I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's like a sketchy area. I'm kind of like scared to even roll down my window. I mean, I'm embarrassed even admitting that out loud, but I'm sure that I'm not the only one. You're like, oh, I don't know. I get nervous about that when my husband's not in the car with me. And then I stop and think and I'm like, this is what we're called to do, you know? And so the blessing bags was a great idea that my friend had and we actually created them together a whole set of them and she took some and I took some and it took away every excuse um, of not being able to bless those people because it was no longer about having the cash or being able to reach my purse or anything like that it gave me something that I could um, hand out whenever you know we're in the car and we see someone in need Um, and so my kids now know like if we are at a stoplight Um, and there's someone right there on the side of the road that they'll say like, Oh, grab a blessing bag. And they love it. And so we'll, you know, hand that out the window and say, God bless you, you know, and it's very simple things. It's like a pair of socks and some snacks and a water bottle. And, um, might've been one other thing in there, but just very basic needs. And that like shows them that, Hey, you know, this is what Jesus called us to do. He called us to help those in need and hey we can do that even if I don't have cash on me I can still do that the other thing this one kind of surprised me I didn't honestly think about this as being a way to show love but when my um, second daughter Tenley when she made a comment about it 
it really just warmed my heart and made me realize that, man, sometimes it's the little things that we do that show love. So just the other day, the girls had a neighbor friend over. I mean, there's constantly, our house is kind of the, like the house that everyone kind of congregates at because we have the swing set in the backyard and a little playhouse. And so typically all the neighbor kids kind of come. It's like a central location where they all meet, which I love. It's, it's great. And, um, so they had a neighbor girl over the other day and Tenley said to her, she said, um, Hey, do you want anything to eat? My mom will feed you. She feeds everyone. She loves feeding kids. Kids, and I just had to laugh because it was so cute. It was like, oh my mom, you know, like I'm the bird lady feeding the birds or something, like you know, like feed the birds. Toppings of bags that comes comes to mind from Mary Poppins. Like I'm the lady just like feeding. Like come come to my house. I will feed you. But it's true. I do always, and I didn't think about it until she said that. But I do always ask her friend, their friends. I'll say, are you guys hungry? you know, do you want a snack? Especially if I'm feeding my own kids, I'll say, I'm always, you know, like making sure that everyone has, and I teach my kids, you don't eat in front of someone unless you're going to offer them something too. And so hearing that come from her little lips, and she said, my mom will feed you. She loves feeding kids. (laughs) Made me realize that I guess that is a way that I show love to others. And she picked up on that. So your kids are going to watch you and they're going to pick up on the, the, the language of love in your home. So, you know, take a love inventory of your home. Take a minute to think about that. How are the ways that we show love? What are my kids seeing me do that show that show them love and not just tell them love? It's important to do that too. It's important to say, I love you. It's important to read them the stories of the Bible and tell them that God is love. But it's also important to be acting that out in our home. Because our portrayal of love creates our children's perception of God. We've got to remember that. Our portrayal of love creates our children's perception of God. And what does that look like when we give them that accurate portrayal of love? It, it looks like children who see love in such a tangible way that it sets up the framework for that heart colliding relationship with Jesus that then pours into others. It creates healthy, stable kids with a healthy heart relationship with Jesus that are then able to turn around and to pour into others. Let's pray together now. God, thank you for your deep, unending love. Thank you that no matter how far we stray, no matter how much we do wrong that your love never changes help us to show that kind of sacrificial unending love to our kids help us to give an example of you through the way that we love help us to portray your love correctly so that it opens the door for a deep relationship with you so that they can grow up to loving adults who pour out your love on others and who are your disciples God, we thank you for the opportunity we have as mothers to impact the next generation. Help us to do it well and to do it with love. In Jesus' name, amen.